This podcast is not intended for use as psychotherapy. If you feel you are in crisis, please call 911 or contact your local crisis hotline. So welcome back to Phoenix and Flame. I'm Dana, and this is my podcast on pushing through and transforming even when you feel like a pile of ash. I'll tell you, it has been kind of some crazy times these days. Um, It's been a while since I've been able to record uh, another episode because the coronavirus has taken over the world, practically. I saw a word the other day on, uh, I guess it was Facebook probably, um, they called it the Coronapocalypse. COVID-19 is actually the virus, and it is crazy town. Um, I will say a silver lining is that I now know unequivocally how to do telehealth. (laughs) I didn't know how to do that before because my practice was almost always full, lots of times had a waiting list, and so I wasn't particularly motivated to learn how to do telehealth. I didn't really need to. Well, since everyone has pretty much been uh, mandated to shelter in place and stay at home, um, I needed to be able to stay in contact with my patients, so I learned how to do telehealth. That's been, um, that's been interesting, but basically what's happened is that for the past several weeks, I've just been sort of up to my eyeballs in dealing with all of that. And I'm just now kind of getting back into the groove of my podcast. So I'm kind of excited about that. So today I thought we would talk a little bit about blaming. Why we do it. Why it isn't a good idea. Uh, For those that haven't possibly listened to some of the earlier episodes, I take a lot of my um, inspiration and encouragement from um, the Boundaries book by Henry Cloud and John Townsend. Uh, I absolutely love that book. If, if you don't have it, I recommend that you go get it. Um, and, of course, there's other books out there on that topic as well. So I got to thinking about blame, why we do it. And I got to thinking that since... Some, anyway, of our unhealthy behavior is actually remnants of our childhood that we never really outgrew. I thought we could just take a little time travel back to kindergarten. Do you remember your kindergarten classroom? Do you remember your teacher, what her name was? Remember what the room looked like and some of the things that you would do? Did you, like, take naps on those cots? You know, did you drink chocolate milk? Do they bring it in on trays during snack time? See, this is back in the day when kindergartners were kind of pampered. Those days are long gone. But I'm old enough to remember those days when kindergartners like went to school half a day. You know, we got chocolate milk for snack. We got to take naps, all that wonderful stuff. Well, kindergarten also, for those that did not attend preschool, and even if you did, you got a double dose in kindergarten, was when you learned about the classroom rules. Basic things like, you know, keep your hands to yourself. Don't cut line. Clean up after yourself. 
you know, these types of things. And I was thinking about blaming and I was remembering the response that a lot of the kids would have when the teacher would say, who left these crayons on the floor? Well, I can tell you what didn't happen. Rarely did you have some child jump up and say, oh, Mrs. So-and-so, that was me. I left those crayons on the floor. I'll go pick them up right now. <laughs> you, didn't, you did not hear that. You basically saw a bunch of children standing there with their eyes big as saucers, and you heard crickets. Crickets. You know some child left those, those crayons out there. But when the teacher said, who left these crayons out on the floor? Crickets. No answer. Why is that? You know, I got to thinking, why does nobody speak up? Why do all the kids stand there silent? Well, you know, we didn't want to feel like we were, quote, bad, end quote, and have our classmates stare at us with those judgmental eyes so we stood there in silence. Or, even better, we might throw somebody else under the bus. We might say, well, I saw so-and-so had those crayons. <laughs> and then they would whip around and look at you like, what do you mean? Oh, kindergarten is so much fun. I'm kind of wondering, you know, as adults, um, how many of you have either done what I'm describing, uh, or had it done to you, except now it might go something like this. Well, I wouldn't have to go to the bar and come home drunk if you weren't such a nag, or my life is a mess because you are so selfish. There's all kinds of comments like that of people blaming others for their choices. We need to put out there that we are responsible for our own choices, and so is everybody else. However, that doesn't mean that other people are going to own the consequences of their choices. But it does mean that it is not healthy for you to accept the natural consequences of their choices. Those are two different things. Again, back to boundaries, we cannot make other people accept responsibility for their choices. But we can refuse to accept responsibility for their choices. Now, I don't know if you notice or not, but I tend to use the word responsibility a lot more than I use the word blame. I just don't really like using the word blame. Because whether it's self-blame or blaming somebody else, it generally tends to end in shame and criticism. It doesn't work well. I mean, when I'm working with my patients and we're talking about their behaviors, it's much, it's much easier to swallow taking responsibility for your choices rather than you're to blame, you're to blame. That doesn't work at all. But, you know, it's a really good thing to know what you are responsible for and what you are not. I don't know um, which listeners of this podcast might have listened to some of the earlier episodes when I was talking about the yards. 
the difference between your yard and somebody else's yard. If you haven't heard that episode, you might want to go listen to it because all this other stuff makes more sense if you've heard those. But if you remember back, you know, remember one neighbor was this party-throwing neighbor that always had these great loud parties on Friday nights and then, you know, the next morning, you know, you might be over there cleaning up his yard because it was full of garbage. When you know what is yours to clean up and what is not, it has a, a calming effect, knowing the boundary lines. I mean, really, think about going down the freeway. You know what your lane is, and you know what your lane is not. Imagine all that freeway, both ways, north, south, east, west, whatever, with no lines And anyone could just go willy-nilly wherever they wanted to go. I mean, that would be terrifying. I mean, there'd be all kinds of deaths out there. We need boundaries. We need boundaries so that we can function together. So we know what's my lane, what's not my lane, what's your lane, that kind of thing. For those people that know me, they know I have some some traffic issues anyway. Um, So I'm going to resist the temptation to launch onto a big... Um, soapbox about people that don't know what lane to be in on the freeway. Uh, But you can read more about that on one of my blogs on my website. But shoo, okay, I need to really get away from that topic or I'm going to slide down that slippery slope. (laughs) But basically, knowing your yard and what is not your yard. Like, what belongs to us? What belongs to us are our thoughts, our feelings, our behavior, what we choose to do. And we can change those things. And that is wonderful news. That's what therapy is all about. If you've got a hitch in your get along for your thought process or what's going on with your emotions or what's going on with your behavioral choices, get into therapy. I mean, it's a great place to really kind of kind of sit back and non-judgmentally observe kind of what's going on and, you know, find the places in there that you would like to change so that you can live a healthier, stronger, more confident life. It's equally important to know what does not belong to us, which happens to be someone else's thoughts, someone else's feelings, And someone else's behavior, what they choose to do. Those things are not ours to manipulate, control, or manage. Those things belong to somebody else. And like I've said before, when you know what belongs to you and what does not belong to you, there is a surprising amount of freedom. Now, I don't mean to say that it's comfortable to be next to someone who is not managing their thoughts, feelings, or behavior very well. Maybe they're not taking responsibility for their actions. Maybe they're blaming you. You know, they wouldn't feel this way if you would only da-da-da-da. Or they wouldn't have done this if you'd only done da-da-da, fill in the blank. I don't really care what's in the blank, you know, because it's irrelevant to me. It's like their choices, they made their choices, and that's their responsibility, When you can learn how much of that is not yours to manage, it frees up a whole lot of your brain space to be able to focus on what does belong to you, which are your thoughts, your feelings, and your actions. 
believe me, that's enough. That's enough to manage is what's going on in, in, in your head and your heart and what the subsequent behavior is because of that. So think about what happens if you blame others for what belongs to you. Think about that. If you're holding someone else responsible for something that belongs to you, you're kind of dead in the water. Because if it's not your responsibility, then you cannot change it. If it's not yours, it's not yours to change. So then you're just like stuck to just repeat the same cycle, 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 cycle of dysfunction. If you're blaming somebody else for what actually belongs to you. That means that not only are you holding someone else responsible, which you can't, you can't control them, but you're refusing to accept responsibility of what's in your own yard. You won't even see it. And if you want to acknowledge what's in your own yard, then you can't do anything about it, can you? So that it's just going to keep going round and round and round. You know, there's a reason why some people do this, though. I heard Brene Brown, and I'm not sure how many of you have, have heard her. She's a wonderful speaker. She's funny. She's self-effacing. She's just uh, just talks about real issues that we all can relate to. But one of her main focus, her main focus is on shame. And she gave an example in one of her TED Talks, the difference between blame and shame. And she was asking her audience, and she said, how many of you out there, raise your hand if you would be willing to say, I did something wrong. And so the audience members were kind of looking at each other. Is this a trick? Is she trying to trick us? So they like, were slowly raising their hands, and they were looking at each other, and each other, they were all had their hands in the air. She said, okay, okay, good, put your hands down. She said, okay, now raise your hands if you would be willing to say, I am something wrong. And there was silence. That is shame. And for people that walk around feeling that they are something wrong, and I have had quite a few of them in my office, you could almost always track that back to experiences in childhood, traumas and such. But they come out of that um, feeling like they are something wrong. Um, that if anybody gets to know them enough, then that person is eventually going to leave them because they're just a bad seed. Well, people that walk around with this belief, it's almost like being in water where the water level is right under your nose. And they feel like if they accept blame for one more thing that has gone wrong, that that water level is just going to rise and they're going to drown. That they will just drown in their own shame, in their own wrongness. Um, and so they are very motivated to shift blame to other people, to point fingers and say, no, I didn't do that. You did that. No, I, that wasn't me. That was you. Um, because, like I said, they feel like that water level's right under their nose. If They just can't do one more bad thing. And that's a very hard place to be. Um, if someone listening happens to be in that place, then... I would recommend that you consider 
possibly uh, finding a therapist to um, work that out because your life doesn't have the rest of your life does not have to be that way. Um, it's it's very hard to go through life feeling like that water level is just right under your nose. So the opposite side of this is what happens if you accept blame for what does not belong to you. Now, these can be what I call the people pleasers, where they are twisting themselves into pretzels, trying to make sure that everyone around them is happy, which means they are accepting responsibility for other people's feelings. It's exhausting. People pleasers are very common. So I know there's got to be some out there that are listening to this podcast. And you've got to agree with me, isn't, isn't it exhausting? It's just unbelievably exhausting. And when we do this, we train other people to expect us to twist ourselves in, into pretzels to try to please them, to, to make them feel better. Um, going back to one of my first uh, episodes about the neighbor who's throwing the parties and you would go over there in the morning, Saturday morning, and clean up all his mess from his yard because you were trying to be a nice, kind person, which there's nothing wrong with that. That's perfectly fine. But in the episode, you know, this person did it like eight times in a row and trained the neighbor to expect that she was going to go over there and clean up his yard. So when he comes out with his hangover at two o'clock in the afternoon, and his yard wasn't picked up from his big party he threw on Friday night as normal. He got angry. He was angry because his neighbor hadn't come over and cleaned up his yard, the natural consequence of the party that he threw. Because, why? Because she trained him that she would do that. She trained him that she would accept the natural consequences of his choices. So you see, that doesn't work well. You know, the other side of that. When you're accepting the blame for other people's choices and what you train them in that, that doesn't work well. So when we think about blame, you know, why we do it and why it's not a good idea, you know, I hope this episode has helped to give you a little bit of insight um, as to why it's a much better idea to acknowledge your own yard, your own thoughts, your own feelings, your own actions, and take responsibility for those things, knowing you're, you don't have to be perfect. You're not perfect. There is no such thing as a perfect person. And that means that you get the right to make mistakes. You can make mistakes. And when you do make a mistake, you can own it. You can say, yes, I did that. And I don't even know why I did it. But I wished I hadn't have but I'm apologizing for it now. I'm owning it. I'm apologizing for it. And if any amends need to be made, I'll be happy to make those. At that point, you have walked across your yard and the fence line is pressing into your abdomen because anything that happens after that is in the other person's yard. How they receive your words, how they respond to your apology, any of that is in their yard. That's their thoughts, their feelings, their actions. That's theirs. You have nothing to do with that. So if they decide to get mad, if they decide to hold a grudge, again, that's not your problem. Now, I know this is not pleasant. Being around someone who doesn't want to manage their own feelings, wants to blame you for everything, wants to you know, be a great big grudge holder, it's not pleasant. But again, you don't have to be around people that are doing that. 
you might be forced to be around them for short periods of time. For example, if you're on the same committee or something like that, but you still have control sometimes in terms of, do you have to sit next to that person? Do you have to engage them in conversation? No, no. And you don't have to own or try to fix their problem because sometimes people that hold grudges, they, they become very passive aggressive and they're trying to communicate something to you, but they're not using words and doing it in a healthy way. They don't really want to solve the problem. They just want to poke you with sticks, figuratively speaking. And so, you know, you have to acknowledge that that's all their stuff. That's not yours. It's not your place to try to make them okay, to please them. So when you are owning your stuff and you've, you've accepted responsibility for your behavior, you've apologized, you've made amends if there's amends to be made, that's it. You're done. So if you need to like not be on a phone conversation with someone who's wanting to be passive aggressive and, you know, be hateful with you and hold a grudge, then don't be on that phone conversation. You don't have to listen. You don't have to be in a conversation. You don't have to be in the same room. Now, I admit there are situations, like I said, if you're like on the same team, if you're on the same committee, you know, there are instances like that. But even there, you have control. So it's just, it's just a breath of fresh air when you can recognize your yard. You get out there in your yard and you tend to your grass and your flowers and your bird bath and your trees and all that stuff and leave your neighbor's yards to them. It just works out so much better that way. And again, you can be nice and help them out occasionally if they need some help wrecking their leaves or whatever. Be nice, but don't train them that you're going to accept responsibility for what's in their yard, that there's a difference there. Helping somebody out with something once in a while versus taking responsibility for it, different. <laughs> well, anyway, I guess that's about all I needed to say today about... Uh, blaming why we do it and why it's not a good idea. So hopefully someone out there maybe heard themselves in this episode a little bit and um, could maybe consider doing some things a, a healthier way. So this is Dana, and I hope you have a fantastic rest of your day.